be here this morning. And again, we have so many we need to pray for. So many just not a little under the weather. We need to lift them up. And, and uh, does anybody have a prayer request before we go into the Lord's Prayer? I need your prayers this morning. Bless mm -hmm. yeah. Pray for those two. Pray for those two. Y'all remember Kelton, he passed away. Yeah, Kelton's not very good. I think he was on a pretty high temperature yesterday. Yeah. But anyhow, but anyhow, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Sister Lynn, if you don't mind, we need to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the many blessings. Lord, we just ask that you continue to watch over each and every one of us. Yes. Lord, I just pray that you have a special blessing today for Brother Steve. Lord, whatever yes, Lord. needs in his life, I just pray, Lord, thank that you'd grant that, that you'd give him peace, Lord, and that you'd give him the spirit that would bring the message that you would have for us. Lord, I just pray that you'd be with Felton, that you'd hear, heal his body, Lord. Yes, God. And Lord, with the many requests that he already had over the weekend, I just pray that you'd be with each and every one. Yes, Lord, I just pray that you'd continue to watch over both. You'd be with Robert now. Lord, I just ask that your mercy would continue to flow. Yes, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to heal Lisa. Give her strength. Encourage her heart, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you'd continue to be with each and every need of, of every church member that's spoken. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to let us see the beauty of the world and what you've given us. Yes, God. Lord, for enjoyment. Lord, I just pray that in everything that we said and do, did, Lord, that it would be for your honor and glory. All this we pray in your name. Amen. You can be seated. Look, everybody look at this scene one more here, then we'll call them Brother Roger to come and share the devotion. Look at page 526. Uh, well, it's already been mentioned. Uh, 
The Thomases have had a weekend, I think. Uh, Elaine was reading me a text, and I think Michaela's bus caught on fire last night down in Tuscaloosa County on their band trip, and they were stranded on a bridge down there for a while, and, uh, and then got home, Kelton was still sick. Take him to the ER, get checked out. Um, I believe it was type A flu, is that right? That's correct. Type A flu, running high fever, but uh, Mitchell told me he was feeling <laughs> a little better maybe this morning, so uh, hopefully that fever will break and, and that little guy will be back in full strength here pretty quick. Amen. It's just a lot to pray for, though. Sure. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's our duty, but it's our privilege, too. It is. Uh, and, uh, I know that people pray for us when we're in need, and it's uh, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to meet with uh, with the people that that you know respond when when you need help. Mm-hmm. And uh, the devotion this morning, I guess, came from uh, uh, sometimes I just get songs in my mind, and I roll them over, and um, there's a song that uh, uh, the Midnight Cry is the song. In it. Uh, Gold City sings it, and the, the Brethren used to sing it at all their concerts. And um, it starts out, let me just, I think I got the lyrics here. Uh, it says, I hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it's closer now than it's ever been. I can almost hear the trumpet as Gabriel sounds the call. At the midnight cry, we'll be going home. And then the, court, the verse says, uh, chorus says, when Jesus steps out on the clouds to call God's children, the dead in Christ shall rise to meet him in the air. And then those that remain will be quickly changed at the midnight cry when Jesus comes again. And I, and I thought about the scripture that, uh, that the writer of that song uh, had, to, had to be familiar with scripture. Because he referenced too many things uh, that, that are uh, factual in the scriptures there. And uh, I'm just going to read starting the first chapter of Acts. I may read a little bit more than I usually do if I can see it good enough here to not stumble too much. Um, as uh, as, as uh, Acts starts, it says, The former treatise I have made, O Theophilus, uh, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day of which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he, uh, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible truths, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them with that. Uh, they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the other parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up in a cloud and received him out of their sight. And then... They, they remained. They went into the upper room. And in the second chapter of Acts, it says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, uh, they were all with one cord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound of heaven, uh, from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all those in the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with uh, other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, that was the disciples that were following Jesus. Uh, while, he, um, while he was back on earth after his crucifixion, walked with them, I think it said 40 days, and they saw him, and they, they were well sure it was him, and he gave them things to do, but he told them not to leave until they were filled with the Holy Ghost. 
and, uh, and, and then Pentecost it came. And that sound of the, the rushing mighty wind uh, was the, the, the first verse of that song, that, that uh, uh, the, the midnight cry. And, it, you know, when, when he gave them instructions, this is Jesus speaking, he says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And, you know, at that time, um, the world, I guess, it was probably this, it was the same size earth, but the world as it was known was a pretty compact place for the biblical times. And, uh, but he covered that, and then he says, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And y'all, you know where the uttermost parts of the earth? That's sitting right here, Royal Alabama. It's over at Anyana, and it's at Bluntsville, and it's at Friday's Crossing, and, and all these places, uh, that's the uttermost parts of the earth. And we're to go to those places, and we're to, uh, we're to bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The born of a virgin, crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected Christ to the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Wherever we are, uh, if we're at school, if we're at work, if we're um, helping somebody with a flat on the side of the road, share Christ with them. You, you, you don't know uh, what that might mean to somebody. You just don't know. Um, some days at work, I, you know, uh, working with the public, you, sometimes you just have days where you just rather not be there. And then all of a sudden, some little old lady or little old man will ask you something and you'll tell them, they'll say, would you have a blessed day? And your day just changes, just because they they gave you a little bit of their spirit that right there. Just have a blessed day today, and uh, thank you for your help. And uh, so, what we do matters. What we do matters everywhere we're at. And uh, uh, we should always try to build up people's spirit, build up their uh, their day, uh, help them to have a blessed day, not. Uh, add on to their miseries. Not add on to their miseries. So, um, as we get the opportunities, it rises. Let's let that spirit that we have in us, uh, let's share it with those people that may be down and out a little bit downtrodden, a uh, little bit uh, on the low side that day. Uh, just a kind word sometimes will just lift them up. And it don't have to be something big. Just just a smile and a kind word sometimes will just make somebody's day a whole lot better. Sure. And, uh, and we're instructed to do that. We're instructed to, um, to share that gospel and to share that spirit that, that, uh, uh, that, that came at Pentecost that day. Uh, and uh, if we do that, even though we're little, we can, we can make a, a good day for somebody. Mm-hmm. Anybody got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take our classes? It's it's good to be here. Uh, if not at this time, uh, we will take our classes. Satan was kind of on us up here yesterday, this weekend too. Uh, we had a skunk visit the fellowship building, and uh, we got that kind of cleared up. And then the uh, uh, sister Patsy and Lisa called me, and she said. One of the refrigerators is not working. Okay. <laughs> I'll come up and see what's going on there. And uh, came up and luckily, I, we just had a lightning strike or something. There was three breakers kicked out there. So I turned those on, waited a little while. Everything seemed to stay on. So uh, we got refrigerator. We got an oven now. We, <laughs> we got most of the skunk smell gone. So uh, thanks to Brother Steve for coming over and opening the windows and letting the air flow through there. And, uh, uh, yeah, get that, uh, help us out with that. So. Thank you. Yeah, he had the worst part of Well, this is Patsy. He had the worst part of the job. She opened it up the first time. Yeah, she's kind of, well, she's, she's been sick, but she's on the downhill side of it. She's just coughing. She didn't want to get it on the She wasn't feeling good Sunday, was she? No, she wasn't.
I didn't know skunk odor could trip a breaker, so it must have been pretty stout. <clears throat> must have been pretty stout. One other thing I, I failed to mention, I was a little bit absorbed in the, uh, the lesson. We need to remember Sister Patsy's daughter-in-law. Yeah, Sister Lisa's really sick. Yeah, Rodney's texted me a few times and asked for prayers for her. Yeah, so let's do remember her. If I move slow, I'm paying for my sins this week. I actually did physical labor. <laughs> and now I'm paying for it this morning. Oh, you feel real sorry for me, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I can tell. All right. Any word before we get started? We are in the 19th chapter of the book of Genesis. And we're going to finish this chapter up right quickly. Uh, this last part of this chapter is so disgusting, I really don't want to spend much time on it, just to be the honest truth about it. But just a couple of points I will mention. Uh, and then I have a question, too. Um, did, I just, did I just miss this? And I may have. When, when Lot separated from Abraham, he had a herdsman. And herds, I mean, that was the problem, right? Did it ever say what happened to those? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the next thing we know, he's sitting at the gate of Sodom. The reason they separated, there were so many people and animals that yeah. the land wouldn't take it in one spot. They had to... But I do not remember it ever saying what became of all those people and those cattle and herds or whatever. Do you guys? Yeah, think they were down there too, huh? Well, maybe so. Maybe so. And which, which would have been even more reason why his wife looked back. Yeah. Okay. I just make sure I hadn't missed that. Maybe we know how he got it to sitting in the gate. He sold all this. That's true too. Which would be very similar to the prodigal son that he spent what the Lord had blessed him with and ride us living and and making his own name more popular. Which, which leads us to a question. During the battle of the kings, when they took Lot as captive and Abraham went and saved him, it said that uh, that Abraham, he, he, and he brought back all the goods and also brought again his, his brother Lot and his goods. This, I don't think it would say goods if he had cattle at that time. Maybe so. So Paul. Didn't hang around long. Besides the, the, besides leaving Abraham and besides living in such a wicked city, what else had Lot really messed up and done wrong about? Abraham was commanded to sojourn through the land. He never built a house. He lived in tents. He was a, a nomad, I guess is the way to put it. But Lot, I think, moved, in, moved into the city and had him a place to stay, which was also, I mean, he, he was doing everything different than how Abraham shut, really, what he saw in Abraham's life. Yeah. Just I thought about that today when I was driving the truck, hauling pheasants. Uh, thought, well, that's what else he did wrong. He, he parked it in one place and stayed there. So... All right, we'll pick back up at verse 29, 19th chapter of Genesis. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities and the which Lot dwelt. And Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountains in parentheses where God had told him to go to start with. He wound up there after all. And his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zor, and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. I guess everybody in Zor kind of looked at him like, was this your fault? How were you the only one that managed to get out of there? Did you bring this upon the cities? Yeah. He didn't realize he's the only reason they didn't burn as well, probably. Yeah. He, not realizing he saved their lives in Zor. That's right, Brother Bobby. 
And in one of the point I'll make in verse 31, And the firstborn daughter said unto the younger daughter, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. What should the older daughter have said? We need to go back to Abraham. That's what she should have said. I mean, she said, there's not a man on the earth now for us to marry. So I guess the, maybe the only men they knew lived in Sodom. But what she should have said is, let's go back to Abraham. Yeah. Let's go home. Let's, if you'll have it, let's go back to the church. And there, find our life again. Their but, world had just been destroyed. Mm -hmm. Everything they needed yeah. destroyed. Well, I was just thinking, I, I wasn't here when we when Ab when Lot and Abraham separated. Mm -hmm. But what would have happened if Lot would have said, No, Abraham, all that I have is yours. Mm -hmm. I got it because of you, I and said, I'll dwell here as your servant. What would have happened then? Yeah. And so, and here again, where should she have, you know, the point you brought out, should she have went back to Abraham? Sure. She should have. If Lot would have said, I don't want to be a patriarch, I want what? I want the relation you have with God and I'll stay your servant. And I won't go off on my own. And we won't split. We'll stay brothers in one family. Um, I don't think Lot would have been any less blessed if he had done that. Here's another failure I see in Lot for not telling his daughters, let's go back to Abraham where there's safety, where there's everything we need. But no, they had their own ideas, didn't they? Uh, you think there's a chance that this daughter thought the whole world was destroyed when, when he it probably looked like it. Yeah. See, that's one thing I was thinking. We don't know how old these two daughters were when they separated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you think about, I guess, how quickly generations from one to the next forget things, you know, and so she, they may not have remembered times with Abraham. And if Lot was not living a life that, you know, what they would have known about him mm -hmm. and, and what happened there and not teaching those things to their daughters. Uh, maybe they did think this was the end of the world. Why would Lot have not told his daughters about Abraham? It's a shame. A shame? Very possible. Yeah. I got all kind of questions this morning. <laughs> what can I say? Well, one thing about it, and, and to go along with what Brother Bobby said, you know, Lot basically separated himself from the church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that a church is not this building. It, it's, it's us. It's, it's a group of baptized believers that have joined ourselves together. But, but we all have personalities and we all have our, our different thoughts about things and, and, and all. So everything won't go the way that you think they ought to go. Um, but, you know, don't make, and, and don't make yourself bigger than the church. You just be your part of the church. So, you know, if, if I've got a hangnail on my little finger, just because that's bothering my my, you know, the rest of my body don't mean that I need to cut my little finger off. I need to deal with the the, the hangnail, and, and it's a little thing. Problems in in the church is is worse than problems in your family. I'll guarantee you, uh, because that's this is a, a your our family that we have more and more blood in common than we do our, our, our worldly families because we have the blood of Christ in common. And, you know, don't, I'm not bigger than Liberty Hill. And if Liberty Hill votes to do something 
that I, I don't agree with. I, I don't need to stay home the next Sunday because I, I just didn't agree with that. I, I need to come by and and if if I if I had the wrong opinion of something, um, maybe God will show me. Uh, or, or if I if I was right, then maybe the, God will bring the church around. I, I you know I don't know, but it, it's just you need to if you stick with the church, you'll come out on top every time. And lastly, you have to wonder at night when Lot was sitting there and the fire was burning, it was quiet, was he thinking how good I had it back at Abraham's? How good I had it there. And look where I'm at now. Yeah. Because literally the grass looked greener towards Sodom. Sure, he made a carnal choice. Yeah. 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 All right. So I'm going to skip most of these next few verses because they're just, uh. But anyway, both daughters are now with child with their father. And we'll leave that at that. But the points I want to make about that is sin never comes out good. It just never has a good ending. One of the sons, his descendants were the Moabites. And the other son, his descendants, descendants was the Ammonites. And Moses and Joshua and the children of Israel had to defeat both of them to take the land that they were given. Yeah. So they might have kept their father's name going, but they created a big headache for God's family down the road. Yeah. That's all I really want to say about that passage of Scripture. Anyone else? Brother Michael, that's relevant for, the, relevant for today. And uh, some folks, a lot of folks don't like to think about it, but you see whole families that will go off on their own way and do things their own way because, like Bo said, they didn't agree with something that was done up at the church, and it never ever works out for them. Either the best case scenario is that um, that the Lord uh, condemns them enough to where they come back seeking help from the church and they and they get right. Uh, church discipline is all about love. It's all about somebody uh, getting to the point where they realize they need God in their life and they need to do things the way the Lord set it up and not the way that they uh, devise on their own. That's what happens when we decide uh, that we look at ourselves as being our own God. Uh, we say that uh, what we desire won't think uh, our opinions are greater than God's. And that's when we start getting wrong. Um, any, if we don't realize that this world is just a vapor, it's temporary. Sure. It's here today and gone tomorrow. If we don't realize, if we can't look in the mirror now and realize we're changing every day, and that this flesh is not going to last forever, and and realize that that the only part of us that is eternal is that a soul that God created within us, uh, that part will last forever. It is eternal, um, and and all this that that this that we struggle with, we don't have to. We really don't. Uh, you say, well, we've got to pay bills. I, I talked to a young man, and I love him very much. He drives a truck, and he spends he's on the road most all the week. He's got it set up that he knows how many loads across this country that he has to make every week to pay his bills. And a lot of times on Sunday, all we hear from him is, all we heard from him was, he'd send a, a request through his parents, please pray for me, I'm gonna be coming back from somewhere this week, and I need your prayers. And he was earnest about that. But when you look right at it, the problem wasn't getting his bills paid, having to work on Sundays, the problem was he had more bills than he can pay through the week. In other words, we can change our situation and, and, and we can change uh, how we live and, and we can change, if our desire is for the right thing, God will help us put things in perspective. And, and I remember the uh, lesson we had on faith uh, about the fact that tithing is not about, you think God needs our, our money. He don't need nothing I got. 
But when we exercise faith in Him, He'll reward that. And, and it may be in different ways. I'm not going to stand up and tell you like a preacher on Sunday morning on the radio or TV uh, that says, send me uh, this portion of your pay and God will give you tenfold. That ain't never been God's way. God's way is, his, his, his ever, from the very beginning, His plan was to give us an abundance of blessings. The abundant life in Him. Amen. And when we start doing things and making decisions on our own without consulting God, we'll end up like Lot. And, and, it, and it ain't good. And it didn't turn out good. I, his life was spared. on, uh, and, and But it was because God remembered Abraham. It was because God's relationship with Abraham. And Abraham's love for Lot. A lot of folks, myself included, I used to do things when I was young. It was my same old grandmother on her knees sure. who kept me from harm until the day the Lord saved me. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go so long, Brother Mike. But you're dead on it this morning. And two, our sin or our negligence will affect more than just us. It will. It makes sure it will. Yeah. And all those around us. Let me read you three verses and ask you a question. Now, over in Hebrews, it writes about Abraham. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned, Amen. that means kept moving, in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and then with Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. What was he looking for? What city was he looking for? Well, I seem to remember about a, something in the New Testament about a Christ being the chief cornerstone. What do you think? Looking for the church? And that what they were all looking for. Brother? Looking for the church. Yeah, that those things to come. That's the promise. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading Isaiah last night. I guess y'all already know this, but uh, it said that Abraham was a friend of God. Mm -hmm. I don't remember anybody ever being a friend of God. He called his apostles friends. He called the twelve friends because uh, they knew what he was going to do. Yeah. 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 But I, I do. I think... The separation from the church is the first bad step you can take if you try to solve any problem. Because, you know... I see a hedge at this church. When I, when I stand up there and look back, I see people that will stand and pray for us. And I see people that, you know, if we can get our problems here, if we can get our situation here, there's going to be a multitude of people that's going to jump right in there and, and they're going to get behind that load. It's like, you know, it's like when the, when the Amish people build a barn, what land don't build a barn? But he starts to build a barn, the community comes up and they throw that barn up in a day or two. That's the way the church is. We have trouble. The church is going to, they're going to assemble around us. And it's, it's just like a hedge, just like a protection. And, and if we're outside that hedge, the church don't know our situation. Or we choose not to let the church know our situation. We lose all kind of power out there with the Lord. We lose all kinds of power that is available. It's available. Yeah. These lights don't work till we flip the switch. We can sit here all day and not turn it over. They're not going to come up just because we're here. But we turn that switch on. Anyone else? Well, okay. We'll get into chapter 20. And I thought of a title for this, and it would be, Here We Go Again. <laughs> Here We Go Again. Sure. All right. 
and Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country, which uh, some places called the arid southland. So apparently it's a pretty dry spot. And dwell between Kadesh and Shur and sojourn in, that's a long E, Gerar? Gerar? We'll go with that. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, she is my sister. Which was true, yeah. Kind of sorta. Kind of sorta. Kind of sorta. But we're gonna find out a little more about that in a few minutes. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah into his house. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night. Now you're talking about a bad nightmare, bad dream. Now he's about to have one. And said unto, God said unto him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Didn't Abraham say, she's my sister? And she even herself said, he is my brother. God, in the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. Now, interesting. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou did this in the integrity of thine heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me, Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now that's interesting. There's a part in the Lord's Prayer that says, Lead us not into temptation. Is it an accurate prayer to say, God, keep me from sinning? Big time. Deliver me from yeah, yeah, yeah. So Abimelech says, God, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And because of his innocence, God kept him from really doing wrong. Yeah. Protected Sarah, but he protected Abimelech too. Therefore, I, therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. But he's still, he's still guilty of taking her in, even if it was honesty in his heart. Now therefore restore the man his wife. How about that? For Abraham is a prophet. Hmm. We can add that to his obituary, can't we? Abraham is a prophet. And he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that art thine. What, what made what made Elimelech think he could take just take a female out of this band? Oh, they'd come into his territory. And he was the king. And he was the boss. Yeah, but that, no, God is the boss. Well, he thought he was boss of that territory. But that, that just, I think God was showing him a, a, a bigger thing there also, is don't, don't mess with this. You know, you know, just because somebody comes through here, don't give you the right to take them. Um, and, and that is, is just so much, I, you know, that that to me, I, I see the, the part of, of whether whether she was um, uh, his wife or not, you know, whether she was, was a wife mm -hmm. is important. But if she was a daughter, what, what gave him the right? And, you know, he was an earthly king. What, what gave him the right or the authority to take a female out of this band? Just, just, his, just his work. Yeah. Lesson learned. God told this man, don't mess with my people. That's right. Don't touch my people. 
Don't mess with my people. Yeah. Now he went and his plea to God was my simplicity, my my integrity, my my uh, my intention was not wasn't that his intention wasn't to do anything wrong or against uh, God's uh, word or God's uh, what has been profited. His intention was not to make God mad. I don't think his intentions were as a king were were to be holy or righteous or anything like that. He just didn't want to be on God's bad side. Uh, there was a whole bunch of cities got burned up uh, because God got mad not too long ago. And, and so everybody knows who God is. And, and nobody wants God's judgment. So uh, there's a lot of folks, they, they say the right words, but they don't have the right integrity in their heart or the right heart. Uh, they just fear what's going to come, the outcome. A lot of folks don't do, uh, some thieves don't rob certain stores because they don't, they're just going to get caught. And that's why they don't do it. And, and so, I, I, and, and you know, Bible doesn't tell us there what the intent of his heart was, except that he feared the judgment of God and knew who God was. And didn't say he had a relationship with him, but he knew who God was. What did the book say? We were the apple of his eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and all of them were important. Oh, yeah, she was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, Sarah was beautiful. Don't you think that because of this time in history, women had no rights? Oh, agreed. And he had entered into his territory that he was the king of. He had all say, whatever I want, that's what I get. And she was cons considered just like cattle. So, hey, she's a beautiful woman. I'll just take her. You wonder if this was kind of a tradition to keep peace if you came into somebody else's county. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You offered one of the females. And not your wife. Why would they even... <laughs> we're going to read that. We're going to... Hang on. Hang on. Hang on to that, sister. Hang on to that. We're going to get there. Abraham thought more of his wife. Apparently so. Yes, yes, yes. She was his wife, and he was terrible to do that. Now, I just don't know why they would have thought this would have turned out good. I mean, anybody that's yeah. involved with this, other than God. Well, I'm glad it was written down so we can all learn from it. <laughs> we won't make that mistake, will we? Why did he not think he's going to get caught? Somebody, everybody knew she was his wife that was with him. But he didn't. <laughs> Apparently he didn't because God, yeah. Okay. Therefore, Abimelech, and I'm going to say he got up early in the morning. I don't think he slept a week after that dream. <laughs> he rose. He rose early and called all his servants and told all the things in their ears and the men were so afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee, that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. <laughs> he was just real put out. <laughs> he, was, he was just a little tinkered, Abraham, I believe. Because honestly... I think the punishment was already becoming visible. I do. He believed God when God said, I'll destroy you. Yeah, yeah. And he told his servants, and it put fear in their lives, too. And Abimelech said unto Abraham in the tenth verse, What sawest thou that, that, hast, how, that thou hast done this thing? What did you see of my kingdom that you wanted it destroyed? Is what I think he was asking. You've tricked me. Now God's going to destroy me. What is it you saw that you wanted so bad? I might give it to you now. Let's make a deal. Huh? <laughs> yeah, let's make a deal. That's right. 11th verse, and Abraham said, Because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. So there you go, Bob. And he and, and he and yet indeed she is my sister, she is the daughter of my father, and not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife, 
And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said unto her, This is thy kindness. Is Abraham talking to Sarah? This is thy kindness which thou shalt show unto me. At every place whither we shall come, say of me, He is my brother. So they made this little deal a long time ago. Maybe when back way when Abraham didn't have a whole lot of faith, they came up with this plan. Basically saying, all right, wife, you owe me this now. Here's what we're going to do. What was the advantage of her being a, a, not the wife? He was afraid if she was his wife, they'd kill him, then take her. He was, afraid, he was yeah. afraid there was no fear of God in that place. Yeah, that was, yeah. I mean, I mean what if it was his daughter? I mean, they wouldn't, wouldn't the same thing if they wanted Well, I guess it goes to the fact that, as, as Sister Nell said, that women were held in such low regard back then. They were, they were used as objects, I guess. Well, they yeah. would have tried to have purchased his daughter. Yeah. To be honest. I, that's, I, yeah. See, that's what I, I have a hard time with the concept of applied women in the Old Testament. It's, it just don't seem right to me. And All you got to do is look at the Middle East now. Yeah, I was just to say, it's not far from No, it's not. And if you look at the country of uh, United Emirates, mm -hmm. they have the highest brother-sister marriage of any other uh, group of people. And along with it comes a lot of health issues that they have, too. Mm -hmm. We used to fly these babies back and forth for treatment because they got bunches of money. Yeah, they're they're there's brothers and sisters that are married. And um, you know, so is it's not far to believe that this kind of stuff doesn't still happen today. It does. I think it's just so foreign to what we hold as normal or natural. Yeah. And you look and I'm sure you've seen it on the news, all the riots that are going on in Iran right now. Dealing with the, the headdress that the women have to wear. Apparently the, the uh, how'd I put it? The apparel police. Caught a, police. Part, morality, morality police, that's right. Caught this girl and they didn't think her headdress was on quite right and they wound up beating her to death in the police van. That's what, that was the straw that broke the camel's back on these protests. So even today, women are just dirt in parts yeah. of the country, yeah. country in the world. Is this the first or second time this happened? Second. Second. When he went down into Egypt. Yeah. But they made this agreement way back when they left. Us, her, us, us and her. Yeah, that's right. All right. Whoa, we're about out of time. But the, the, the main thing there was, and I think Brother Bobby mentioned it, it was that... He was, he was not as uh, afraid of losing Sarah as he was losing his life. And so he could, he could give up Sarah uh, if she was his sister. Uh, it, but if, it, if she was his wife, they would have killed him to get her. Yeah. Now I'm going to throw you a curveball if that's all right. Abraham knew God promised Sarah was going to give a child. But she is barren. Yeah. So far. Did Abraham know nothing would happen to Sarah? Here we're, we're downtrodden Abraham a little bit. Maybe he's got a whole lot of faith here. And it could be that there was some, something that isn't written about because it could be that Sarah needed to go to that place for something, for somebody in there to have Sarah's light shine on them yeah. and it just doesn't mention it here. Because yeah. it doesn't talk about what, where she is and what she's done. It just talks about Abraham and Abimelech at this point. Yeah. So. There's a curveball, I know. Yeah. The, the rest of this just tells a little bit about Abimelech's uh, uh, motivation and the whole thing, too. Well, yeah, he's motivated. Him and all he has and knows is going to die. That's pretty good motivation. <laughs> Michael, what you just said, you know, that does is parallel with what the faith that we see in Abraham when, he, when, he, when God tells him to offer his son Isaac, he didn't question God. He just set out, mm -hmm. took the wood up to the mountain, and he knew if, if, if that actually happened, if he had, had actually sacrificed 
Isaac, it says in the New Testament that God would raise him up again. So that does parallel that. Did I? Sorry, steal your thunder. A little bit. <laughs> you kind of jumping. You just getting out there while you can before you go back there next Sunday, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. That's what I get for closing the piano on her fingers this morning, I guess. Yeah. All right. We will stop at verse 14 where Ablimelech is in high gear trying to make this right. Anyone else? I really enjoyed the discussion this morning. I, I love that so much. I cannot stand up here and talk 45 minutes. I know that. If I do, y'all will really be bored. Uh, but I appreciate everyone's input. Uh, and, and I'll leave with this thought. We're talking about a church family being made up of individuals. I believe the scripture talks about it being jointly fit, fitted together. Because promise you, you don't want me sitting at the piano. I can promise you that. But Michael, when you jointly fit a piece of wood together, yes, it is stronger at that joint mm -hmm. than it is away from the joint. Yeah. You take a two by four and you put it together right, and you bend it, and it'll break somewhere other than in the joint. Yeah. So, yeah. Fitted together, we're strong. Yeah. And every piece, every one of those pieces of joint are the same size usually. There's not a big piece and a little piece. They're all sized together. Yeah. Anyone else this morning? I'm going to hush. Just one more thing. Go ahead before you bust. <laughs> you know, we think that we decided to come here today. That we, we know our life. We've got it planned and we got it mapped out and all that. Uh, I, the truth is this morning... God is the author of this congregation. Mm -hmm. I've said it probably more times than I ought to, but it's, it's one fact that God has really drove home with me is we're here for a reason. Every one of us, sure. we're here for a reason. God put us together. And man, we ought to get, we ought to, <clears throat> we ought to not be excited about that, but we ought to get comfort in that. Yeah. And knowing where we're, we're, that we are where we're supposed to. Oh, let's get excited about it. Some get excited. Yes, it is. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Appreciate everyone's help this morning.